Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, and a happy Thursday to you wherever you may be joining in from. This is Ronnell Tate, the host of the Father's Table Podcast and lead pastor of the Father's House Frisco, and I am so grateful that you've joined us today on Facebook Live, YouTube, Instagram, Vimeo, as well as our website, hispresence.church. We're grateful to have you. It has been a while, but we are so grateful to be back with you today for on the last day of June. And it is our prayer that wherever you are right now, that the Lord finds you celebrating in his goodness. He finds you overcoming by the power of his blood. The Lord finds you walking and living in the victory that he has already purchased for each and every one of you. As I've said before, you are listening to or watching live the Father's Table podcast, and I am your host, Pastor Ronnell Tate. So happy Thursday to you again, a special day in the sense that we don't normally go live on Thursdays, but every day is special when it comes to the Lord and living out his goodness, declaring his name and his fame in all the earth. And we're coming to you this day, this Thursday, because I didn't want the month of June to go by without us having done a podcast. It has been a full and busy month for us. So many things that out of the ordinary didn't happen, that did happen for us this month. And we have not been on our normal schedule. Our last podcast, I believe, was May 28th, I believe it was, when I did the second interview with my dear friend, Pastor Jairo Moraz. And since then, we've had scheduling conflicts. Uh, My youngest brother, unexpectedly, as a shock to our entire family, passed away on June 8th, Wednesday, June 8th. And so we had a funeral for him this past weekend. And then one week, something happened to me that never happens. I got sick under the weather all week long the week prior to me flying to take part in this funeral something that never happens and it did and so we have not been able to go live for various reasons and yet it has been a glorious and a wonderful month for us and I pray the same for you and in the midst of all of this We had the decision, the final decision from the Supreme Court come forth on Roe versus Wade. And we've had 
so many responses and reactions and lack of responses as well. And we'll, we'll touch on that briefly as we get back into where we left off prior to my two interviews with my dear brother, well, including those interviews on stepping into the divine purpose of the Lord for our lives and what he has called us to, the part that we have played, the Ephesians 4 mandate. So as we step into that, and I want to mention this, the Supreme Court decision, it has been a long time coming. And we'll briefly be together. I don't want to be before you long. But just allow the Holy Spirit to move and to lead us and to guide us in his word this Thursday afternoon. I pray that, you know, here in Frisco, it is absolutely beautiful. But I always think it's beautiful. I love Frisco, Texas, and I love this region. And I know the Lord does as well. So I pray that wherever you are, you feel likewise and you feel the same and in like manner that where you are, the beauty of the Lord is shining down upon you. It is probably right now in the low 90s. It's sunny, clear, beautiful day. But let's pray as we get into what the Lord has for us today. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful for your goodness. We thank you for another day that we're able to come before you. To adore you. To love you. To lavish praise upon you. And to be made into your image by your word, by your truth, by your power, by your goodness, your favor, and your glory. So we just honor you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. It has just turned 12 noon. And as I mentioned to you, it has been such a full month for us. As I'm sure it has been for you. We celebrated my our oldest son's or second oldest son, our second son's 12th birthday. Our second of four boys at the beginning of the month. And then, as I said, my youngest brother, unexpectedly at the age of 30, would have been 31 in October, passed. He had a massive heart attack. And then just one thing after that, so many things. And there's so many things that's taking place still in our world. But the biggest of them all, I've heard people refer to it as the Goliath. Roe versus Wade became a federal law in February of 1973. It started before it went before the Supreme Court right here near us here in downtown Dallas where it went to it was in a courthouse. And the Supreme Court pushed it into law based off the 14th Amendment, even though Roe herself did not want it passed. And she herself decided to give birth to her daughter when even though more than 60% of the states 
were against Roe versus Wade being passed and made a law. The majority of the states did not want it federally mandated. It was passed through. And yet this month, after nearly in the 50th year of its being law and over 66 million, somewhere there about million babies having been murdered. It was struck down. And the reactions were surprising in some regards. In many, and in many places it was shocking. Shocking because you had many Christians who were upset that it was struck down. And yet, all through the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, the Lord is against child sacrifice and against the false god Molech who required child sacrifice all over. And it has been surprising with some of the responses and it's been surprising with some of the lack of responses. And I believe that in accordance with the conversation that we have been having the majority of this year on the Ephesians 4 mandate, where it is the maturity of the body of Christ and the body coming into the place of knowing its particular part to play in God's grand design that for many we have not been happy with it because we don't necessarily know who we are and the part that we play in the grand scheme of the Lord's calling and so we have taken upon ourselves to carve out a niche, carve out a place of calling and a place where we fit in the body and we don't want to lose that because we have people who are for it and those who are against it. But I don't know if you remember in Joshua when the angel of the Lord came to Joshua with sword in his hand and Joshua sees him coming but he is not aware that it is the angel of the Lord and Joshua says to him are you friend or foe he says are you on our side or the side of our enemy and it's interesting what the angel of the Lord says to Joshua he says, neither. He says, Joshua, I am not on your side, nor am I on your enemy's side. He says, but as the commander of the army of the Lord of hosts, I come. He says, Joshua, I am on the Lord's side. 
I am not Democrat. I am not Republican. He says, I am on the Lord's side. And in our society today, we have entirely too many sides. Too many sides that pertain to the natural man. But there's only two sides that pertain to the spiritual man. That's the Lord's side. And that's the enemy, the devil's side. And those two sides, we must choose which we're on. If we're more concerned about whether people like us, whether people are comfortable with us, whether we will be accepted by people, well, I, I warn you today that you will not always be on the Lord's side and you will forsake him. But if you are on the Lord's side, it does not matter who's against you. Uh, in, in Romans, I just thought of this verse. He says this in Romans 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? And it's pertaining to the verse, verses before about the Lord's divine calling. What, sh what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, he says, who can be against us? It, it, you could say it this way. If we are on the Lord's side, and that is the only way that God can be for us. If we are on his side, who cares who is against us? The Lord is life. The Bible tells us in the gospel of John that the life, the light and the life of men flow from Christ. He is life. The Bible tells us in John 10, the gospel of John 10, that the enemy, the thief comes to kill, steal and to destroy. He kills life. He steals dreams and purposes and plans. He destroys destinies. But Jesus says, but I have come. That they, they, those who pass through the door of life, through the door of which he is, he mentions it in that chapter of John 10. Those who pass through the doorway of life, who is Jesus. He says, I have come that they might have life and have that life in abundance. Doesn't mean that I will have wealth. I could, but it means that I will be fully alive. He is for life and the fullness of life that we have divine. We have attached to divine purpose that we have attached to heaven's plan and blueprint for life. And the overturning of Roe versus Wade, in spite of the arguments that people are now throwing, what will happen? What will we do with all of these babies now? We will give them life. As if 
the answer to an overabundance of children that no one wants is to kill them. People are saying, what will we do with all of these babies now? Maybe we can adopt. Maybe Congress, instead of making abortions free, maybe they could make adoptions free. Maybe they could cut back the prices and make it beneficial to families who would want to adopt. We will give life. People say, well, what will happen to the men who we have to make pay child support and do these things? What will happen with the cost of we will give life? How about we teach people that premarital sex, sex outside of marriage is against the laws of God and it is not beneficial in our society maybe we will bring our society back to a place of the moral fabric and following hard after the lord as opposed to making excuses to sin and giving license to sin not only in the world but also in the church maybe we will call a church a church will be called back to holiness and a people and a society will come back to a standard of holiness instead of making excuses to put away problems which is really no problems because it's life but to put away our sin from us through murder I believe that if we knew who we were as believers, because there are many believers who believe that abortion is women's rights. And I believe every woman has rights. But at the moment of conception, that baby has rights. Because that baby is not the woman's body. It's not a part of her body. But it is a separate human. It has its own tissue. Its own DNA. Its own blood. It develops its own heart. Brain. All of these things. It is life within the womb of a woman. Within her body. And now that baby, that child now also has rights. But I believe that if we understood that the Lord was the God of life. If I could, before I get into this, I remember a conversation I had with an individual a few years ago, probably three years ago now, concerning this issue of abortion. And this individual who is a believer, or at the time they said they were a believer, I don't, I don't know about today. I believe they still love Jesus, I, I believe. But this individual justified or was justifying abortion, and I didn't mean to talk this long on this, 
but they were justifying abortion <coughs> based on based on the Old Testament <clears throat> and what they thought the Lord was allowing murder in the Old Testament or justifying killing in the Old Testament. <clears throat> what they did not understand is that what they thought was justifying just free will murder in the Old Testament was not the nations that the Lord told the children of Israel to remove from the land. The Lord had said that their hearts were completely opposite of his. Completely opposite of his nature. And he had given them opportunities to come to him and to live in his ways and yet they refused they refused and they wanted to serve demons and serve false gods and they wanted to live in perversion and the Lord required holiness and the Lord told the children of Israel to remove that way of life because it was the devil's way and he said that the only life that there is is my life because I am life and my ways. And he says, do not marry the people. Do not allow them to marry your daughters. Don't marry theirs. Don't intermingle because if you do, they will take your heart and cause you to serve devils, demons, worship false God and turn your heart from me. In every place the children of Israel disobeyed. You see it. You see it happen. The Lord told them to remove the people to put the evil away from them to remove it from their midst that holiness would abound and true life would spring forth that the people around them would learn to fear the God of Israel and thereby come to the place of life they were not innocent nor were they guiltless they were in sin. The Bible tells us that the penalty of sin or the wages of sin is death. There is a stark and major difference for those who the wages of sin is death, who are guilty in their life and in their deeds. You and I are guilty based on the life that we live. But it was because of one man Jesus Christ, who paid the penalty for us all, but there was a penalty of bloodshed, of death, that had to have been made, was a total difference. These babies have no penalty that must be paid. This is innocent life. And the Lord wages a heavy hand when we take advantage of the innocent and no matter what stage it is but in this case abortion is murder against the innocent there is no right there is no cause for their death 
and people will say, but what about those who are raped? What about incest or for the mother's health? When you talk about rape and incest, it is less than 1%, the number, which if you just take those two in account, nearly 99% are murders of convenience. If you take into account the mother's health and add it with rape and incest, it is less than 4% of all abortion, which means 96% of all abortions these are federal statistics, not mine, are abortions of convenience. It may be we as believers who struggle with what side of this debate we should be on. Maybe it's because we simply don't know the God who is life himself. We don't understand his nature and the plan and the purpose that he has given to us. Maybe we have forgotten that you and I have life and because you and I were not aborted we live and that we breathe and we are able to do the things that we are doing right now whatever it may be maybe we no longer or maybe we have never walked in the fear of the Lord where we tremble at the thought of him we tremble at being on the opposite side of him. Maybe we don't fear him and so we don't walk in awe of who he is. But we think more highly of ourselves than what we ought. Maybe it's because we think that the call of God upon our lives is our call and not his Maybe we have forgotten that it is he who has called us and not we ourselves. Maybe we have forgotten that the gifts that, and the talents that have been bestowed upon our lives come from him and not from us. Maybe we have forgotten that there is a day that we will return to him, that we will stand before him and give an account of all that we are. Give an account of all that we do. Give an account of all that we say. And that does not cause us to tremble. Maybe, maybe we have given too much in the way of our fleshly desires. We have given too much in the way of our our, our, our soulish wants, what our emotions and our will desire. And we have stopped surrendering all to the one who is King Jesus. Romans 8, 28, as it pertains, and I won't be before you, but just a few minutes more. Romans 8, as it pertains to the Ephesians 4 mandate. It says, and we know, Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to those, send what he says, who love God. Paul says, we know that everything works 
for good, no matter how it may seem, to those who actually love God. Not just say you do. Because when I really love him, I'm on his side. No matter what the debates are around me. I said to my wife this morning as we were talking and my children. That, that, that for decades there has been this political correctness. That's what we call it. But it, it is this. Uh, I just heard, uh, I believe it was Prophet Tommy Raime say that he was flying into Canada. And uh, there was a demonic spirit that he was introduced to and it was called the spirit of politeness. It is this idea of I don't say, tell people the truth in love necessarily. I just say what society says is the right thing to say. I just say what I think they want to hear. I just say what will keep us in some sort of a relationship, even, even if it's not genuine and true relationship. See, only you can only have true and genuine relationship where truth is the center of it. And, and for decades, this, whether you want to call it a political spirit, uh, from the standpoint of saying only the things that society de deems as acceptable, saying the things that only the majority deem is okay to say, and thereby forsaking what the Lord has said. See, when we live that way, we cannot say that we truly love the Lord, even though we might say we love him. To say we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. You're on God's side no matter what, no matter the threats, the pressure. No matter the consequences in this life, I am on God's side because it will work for good. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> it will work for good for me. Even if that good means that I lose my life here, but I am with him for eternity. Nothing, nothing is more terrifying to me than to think that I can live <clears throat> some semblance of godliness in this earth. Godliness according to the standards of man around me. This is what a Christian looks like. This is how it is according to man's standard. And yet stand before the king of glory and find that I did not live up to his standard. You can read it in Matthew 7, verse 19, through the end of the chapter. Jesus says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did not we do? And 
he says, I will say to you, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. There is a way, Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end therein is death. It's not right to God. For to, to be considered though of those who truly love him, I must be on his side. Again, the angel of the Lord said to Joshua, or Joshua said to the angel of the Lord, are you for us or our enemy? Now, now mind you, remember, Joshua is leading the nation of Israel he is doing the Lord's will for his life. And the angel of the Lord says, I'm on neither your side nor your enemies. I am on the Lord's side. There must be a determination today. That we will be upon his side. For only then can I actually do his will. And we know that these things work together. Romans 8, 28. For good to those who love God. Listen to this. Out of loving him. Really being on his side. Not loving him in just word. And yet I live according to the dictates of my flesh. I live according to the dictates of my soul. My mind. My own will. And my emotions. But I am on his side. Only then. Can I see this next phrase? All things work together for good to those who love God. One, to those who are called according to, listen to this, his purpose. The calling is not about me. When I realize this, I won't be so quick to fight for likes. I won't be so quick to compete with other ministers for people. The calling is not about me. It's according to his divine purpose. Which means my calling is simply a part. And it's not my calling. It's his upon my life. This calling is a part of his greater plan. His divine purpose. works for good to those who love God do I really love him and am I really on his side not my spouse's side not my family's side not the side I want to be on am I on his side but let me tell you we see a lot today of Christians it's interesting we have one camp who are blue. They're liberals. They're Democrats. We have another camp. Who's red. They're Republicans. But where's God? We have drawn lines of demarcation that have separated us. We have Christians who say they love God. And they're blue. 
We have Christians over here who say they love God and they're red. But where's God? He's on neither the blue nor the red side. Which means that you and I need to let go of our party affiliation and come back to his side. That doesn't mean we don't vote. But that means we vote for who his hand is upon. It means that we don't look to a party to save us. But we look to the God of the universe. The God who created all. The God who came in the form of a man named Jesus and died on the cross for our sins. It means we look to him and we come to his side and we say, where are you here? Where are you now? We don't tear a man down simply because he, he carries a different party affiliation than the one we like. But we ask, where are you today in the midst of this? Because if you haven't noticed that in accordance with scripture, that God will raise up and he will set another down according to his divine plan. His hand may be and his anointing for this hour and this day may be on this one. But in a matter of four years and in a matter of two years, it may be on another for his divine plan and his purpose for those who love God. And then we've come into this place of division based on blue or red. He's not, he's not in neither. God is displeased with both parties, which means I should be back on his side. We have one group. It's black, 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 black. We have another one. It's white, it's white, it's white. We have divided, yet we say we love God according to skin tone and skin hue. But where's God? When he created us both. When he created us all, where is he? For those who love God. To those, who is the those? The those who love him, who really love him. And we know that all things work to, for good to those who love God. To those, he's talking about those who love God, who are called those who love God, it is those, it is out of those who are truly called. So I ask you, out of all of the people who we see publicly, out of all the people that we see publicly on social media and in different places, how many have really been called by the Lord? And of those you've never seen, that are simply in secret and in silence, just loving the Lord. How many of those has he called? We know all things. I tell you, those who have been martyred, all things have worked for good for them. They are in the presence of the Lord. All things work together for good. All things, even those who have been physically martyred in this day. It has worked 
for good because they have loved him. And they, according to Romans 6, uh, excuse me, Revelation 6, they have a front row seat to the king of glory and his father. It says in Romans 6 verse 9 that these, those who have been martyred, they are under the throne. There's a, the floor is glass. And it says they cry out, when will you avenge us? And he says that he gives them a white robe. It worked together for good. To, for those, those who love God, truly love him, you're on his side. So maybe, as opposed to debating our soulish feelings and desires, debating whether it's women's rights, debating these non-essential things, maybe we should move over into what is essential from this standpoint. Lord, which side are you on? And you just might find that according to scripture, what he says, he's on the side of life preserving life saving life <clears throat> I don't know if you've noticed in our culture we like to throw away and discard the most vulnerable lives in our society the children they're kidnapped sold into sex slavery we abort them and the elderly we like to throw away and discard life and we think it's okay it is not whose side are you on if you love God really you're on his side you're not on Trump's side you're not on Biden's side if you love God you're not on the Democrat side you're not on the Republican side if you love God you're on his side and though we must vote and we have a society it will be, Lord, whom are you moving through in this moment and in this hour? Whom can you move through? Can you work through? Who will uphold your righteous standard? Because there will be those of us who say, and I would have said the same thing, that I cannot vote for a Democrat when they are for abortion. And they hate Israel. And even though many Republicans would be for Israel and against abortion, there are many who are crooked. And they still also do not uphold the standards of the people of this nation. So, Lord, I love you. Who are you working through? Where are you moving? We are on your side. To those those who love God, those who are called, those who love God, he calls according to his purpose. Let me say this. If you don't really love him, you can't be called by him to his purpose. Because at some point, the calling will become about, be, become about you. It will be about you being exalted. It will be about you being known, you being seen, you being heard. 
and no longer simply about his fame and his name being declared in all of the earth. <clears throat> it will no longer be about every knee bowing before him. It will be about how much money you can make. Oh, be careful. We're told, I believe it's in James, that the love of money is the root of all evil. Paul tells Timothy that in the last days, men will be lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, lovers of self, more than lovers of God. Back to Romans 8:28 for those who love God. It's only those who love God who can truly be called of God. Everyone else is being called by themselves and being manipulated by the enemy for his purposes. And the Lord will separate his sheep from the goats. Do you love him? Because if you love him, you'll be completely on his side. If you love him, he'll speak the truth. Even when society says you're a hate monger for it. Because you love him more than you love the praises of men. You love him and his acceptance more than you love the acceptance of men. For many of us, we were rejected as children by parents. And the enemy caused the rejection and used the rejection and set up inside of us this longing to be accepted by people while not looking for the only place that we can truly be fulfilled and satisfied and that is being accepted by the Father. And what it has done is it's called us not to live for the Lord our God. But it's caused us to unknowingly live for men while we say we are living for God. We don't want to be rejected by men because we still live with the sting of the rejection of parents because we have not allowed the Lord to wash us, to cleanse us, and to make us whole and to find our acceptance in him. And so now we're looking for likes on Facebook and Instagram and all the other places. We're looking for the large crowds where we speak and looking for the applause of men. I, I just heard Christine Kane, and it goes along with this statement. Christine Kane said that, this is a message from three years ago, she said that Joyce Meyer is a spiritual mother. And one day, Christine Kane was speaking. I don't, I don't remember if it was a conference that Joyce had put on or if they were just there together. But she said there might have been about 4,000 people in the audience. And after she spoke, everyone stood to their feet and clapped. And she said, Joyce Meyer looked at her and said, I hope you have many works behind the scene where there is no applause of men.
because only those will you be rewarded for. Because here, this is the only reward you're getting here is this applause of men. And she said, she was like, whoa. And for many of us, we're living for the applause of men, not realizing that that is the only reward we will receive from that. The Lord rewards us for the things we do in secret. Matthew, the book of Matthew. What do you do in secret? The Lord will reward you openly. Does not necessarily mean here on the earth, but when you're in heaven before him, all will see that you're rewarded for living for him when no one knew it. But you're living in love when it was inconvenient. You're living his ways when everyone was against it. You're living for him because you love him. To those who love him, all things work together. You want you wanted all things to work together for good? Then you're going to have to love him. And to fully and completely love him, Jesus tells us in the gospel of John, if you love me, then you'll obey me. You'll live his way. You'll live his way, his purpose and his plan. You'll live the way he told you to live. My wife and I were talking a couple of days ago. And I said to her, we cannot say that we have Jesus when we refuse to live for him in secret. I cannot say I have Jesus and treat my wife as though I hate her. If I, I cannot say I have Jesus and he has me when I don't love my children, don't love my wife. No, no, no. If I have him and he has me, I will allow him to cut me deep and cut off the areas and the places in my life that are opposite of his nature and opposite of him. If he has me and I have him, I will actually live for him when no one knows about it. And the only rewards I will receive are from him in heaven. If there are rewards that I will receive, I have no reward. Here on the earth, there are, there are no rewards for me in heaven. It is the living for him when no one knows. It is the secret times in prayer. It is the pacing the floor in the middle of the night. It is loving people who are unlovable. It is when the only reward benefit is the father sees do we really love him are we on his side are we obedient to him in everything in the areas that I'm not I'm saying Lord help me obey you here I am practicing the love of God in every, every area of my life all things will work together for good to those, only those who really love him, not just say they do. And the ones who are really called. And mind you, when I say really called, we all have a call. There's a purpose for all our lives. But the Lord says, there are many who call, but only few who are chosen. Why? Only few really love him. And those who really love him will be the obedient ones. 
they will lay their, down their lives. It's how my love is clearly seen. I will obey you when it's not convenient. I will obey you when it makes no sense to others and they make fun of me and they ridicule me. I will obey you even when it means letting myself being taken advantage of by, by another. I will obey you. I will love even when I may not be loved in return. It is those who will be the chosen. Those who are called according not to my purpose, not to what I want, not to the fact that I want to be seen, not to the fact that I want prestige. <coughs> called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined <coughs> to be conformed to the image of his son. See, the, the, the love, the calling, it leads to this place of being conformed to his son's image. He saw you doing it. He knew it all along. He's in our future. He's in our past. He's in our present and he's in our future. He saw you laying everything down. And because he saw you laying everything down, you could say that you have been predestined to this because this has been his plan. But I have to walk and live it out. And it starts with my loving him. Because I've been predestined to what? To living like him, to looking like him, to sounding like him. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these also he justified. Oh, well, what about your past? No, the love I have for him and the love he has for me wipes that out and therefore he called me and I have been justified by the blood, justified by him. And therefore it doesn't matter what I was like yesterday because I'm not him anymore. I am being conformed into the image of the son in whom he justified. These he also glorified back to our statement that we started with verse 31 of Romans 8 what then shall we say to these things we have a lot of things being said in our society today a lot of things transpiring what shall we say to these things this is what we say I'm on God's side and I choose life The Lord says through Moses, choose you this day life and not death that you and your seed may live. Choose life, he says. So what shall we say to these things? If I'm on God's side, then that means he's for me. And who cares who's against me? What does it matter who's against me and what others say about me and how they may curse me and throw things against me and may it threaten me? What difference does it make? What difference does it make if they ban me off of, you, you know, people say on YouTube, I've been banned, uh, Facebook, all these things. What difference does it make if God is for me? Because I'm on his side. 
is my challenge as I end this podcast for today. My challenge for you, for me. I said to my family this morning that we will be a family who will love the truth. Always and everything. If you are one, and I used to be one who made excuses for everything, it means that I love lies and I am not a lover of the truth. If I am constantly trying to excuse my behavior and blame others, then I am not a lover of the truth. I am one who embraces lies because I want to pet my flesh as opposed to allowing Jesus to kill it that I might actually live. My challenge is for us to live on God's side of history. Live on God's side of every debate and you might find that you won't be debating much. To be on God's side of everything. To find out where he resides where he is concerning a matter and a situation and stay there no matter how popular or unpopular it may be. <coughs> and the more we stay there, we won't care any longer what others think about us because God, we know, is for us and loves us. One other thing is I challenge us to truly become lovers of God. Lovers of Jesus, the Son. Lovers of the Holy Spirit. Which will require that I learn to be obedient in everything. For it is the love language of heaven. Jesus said in John 14, I believe it is. <clears throat> if you love me, then you will obey me. It is love language. If that puts you in a place where you're no longer invited to the party, invited to different places, whether it's Christian or not, then so be it. For if God is for us, who cares? Who's against us? If God is for us, then that means we're on his side and we're truly loving him. And if we're truly loving him, then his call for me is sure. And I will step into his purposes. It's my challenge here, June 30th, 2022. For us to be on God's side of every place in history. To choose his side. And to truly walk in love of him. Not just say we love him, but to actually love him. Which requires me to be obedient to him. Amen. Well, I pray you got something out of this podcast today. It is all about discipleship and us living for him. That means more to me than anything. Maybe it won't be popular with a lot of people. Maybe. But may the Lord get this before the people who are longing to be made into his image. Who are longing to truly live out the Lord's purpose for their life. To truly be disciples of his. Father, we love you. And we thank you for this day and our time together. 
I thank you for all of those who joined us live and watch with us and those who are watching live on replay and those who are listening via podcast. I thank you for them. May you quicken their hearts to walk in love with you, to be on your side of history, your side of the argument, your side of any debate. May we always be on your side, the right side, the righteous side, the holy side, the only place where there's justification with you and protection and safety from the fiery darts of the enemy. We love you and we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, God bless you. I'm so grateful that you joined us today. I, as, I, as I said, I pray that you got something out of that today, out of the word of God, and that you are encouraged, that you've been quickened, and yet you have a desire to be made into his image in greater measure. I ask you, if you would, share this, share this on social media with people. Share the podcast with someone that you know is longing to walk with him in greater measure. Why we need it today. We need one another. We need encouragement. We need to know that there are people behind us saying you can do it. So share this with someone you love. And again, I challenge you. Let's be on God's side. For if he's for us, who cares who's against us? And truly love him. It starts with obedience. Love your spouse. Love him. Respect your spouse. It was told to us to do it. Love our children. It starts in the family, in the household, and then those all around us. And loving him starts from this place of loving him and living for him. Well, God bless you. I thank you again for joining us. I pray that you have a wonderful rest of your Friday or Thursday, excuse me, a day ahead. And a wonderful rest of your week and weekend and happy Independence Day to those of you who are listening in the United States. Happy 4th of July to you as we celebrate our independence. It is more important than ever that we remember the price that was paid for this day. God bless you. We love you here at the Father's House the father's table you have been listening to the father's table podcast episode number 63 and i am your host ronnell tate lead pastor of the father's house frisco until next time god bless you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your week we'll see you soon bye-bye